Hey, Risto here at George Mason University. I'm joined today by Dr. Anthony Marr, uh, who is a professor at Leeds Beckett University in the UK. Uh, Anthony was on a few years back and he's published a lot of research since, so we're going to discuss some of it now. Um, Anthony, thanks for coming back on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure, Risto, and thanks. Thanks very much for the invitation. It's a, you know, it is a real pleasure and a privilege, and I've missed you over the last few years. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate those kind words. Um, so I, Anne McPhail talked to me uh, uh, through email because I was asking for different ideas of how to kind of do different types of podcasts. And one of the things that she talked about in her podcast was her academic journey from a, from a teacher to a researcher to an administrator um, and talked about those academic journeys. And so we're going to do a couple more podcasts after this, just specifically on this one question. They're going to be a lot shorter than the conversation we're going to have. But it led me to ask this question of what is your academic journey? Like, how did you end up at, as a professor at Leeds Beckett? And I feel like just a little while ago, you were a reader at Leeds Beckett, and now you have another title. So can you talk to me about like how you got into this field and where did you come from? Where to start, Risto? Where to start? Um, I'll probably start given the, given the focus of my research interests um, and so-called expertise, even though I wouldn't claim to be an expert in anything. Um, I kind of got into this through a kind of disability sport, community disability sport type focus. Um, so I used to work in a disability sports club in in Liverpool in in the UK, which is which is where I am from and where I where I live and where I've always lived, and that kind of sparked an interest um, in working together with disabled children and young people and also disabled adults. And primarily, I I wanted to be a PE teacher. That was always the kind of focus. If I ever had a focus when I was younger, so I enrolled on a kind of teacher training program. It was an undergraduate and pro postgraduate combined teacher training program, which was really prevalent in the UK. Um, back in the day, this was early 2000s. Um, the less less prevalent now, uh, but I enrolled in that program, wanting to be a PE teacher. And over the course of, I think it was the first academic year, I decided that I actually didn't want to be a PE teacher. I was interested in physical education. I was always interested in sport and physical activity and education in general. Um, but I became a little bit more interested in the kind of the theory and the research associated with it. So I think I made a conscious decision quite early that I wanted to be a so-called academic. I wanted to stay in the field, but I wanted to, um, to have much more of a kind of research focus and work in higher education. So I transferred courses and done something a bit more generic, which was physical education, sport development. Um, and also I had quite a strong sport and exercise science focus. Um, so, so that was the plan as an undergraduate. And then I moved in, I did a master's um, in sociology because um, I thought that would be a really useful theoretical underpinning for education. And then I, I kind of got my first my first position is what we call, I'm not sure if you have it in the, in the States or in North America, an associate, an associate lecturer. I, I suppose it'd be something more of an adjunct position over yeah. there. Yeah. It was kind of part-time, mm -hmm. hourly paid type stuff. 
and I did that for a year. Um, and I should say I, I was doing my PhD alongside that because, again, when I kind of got in, into the game, and this was towards the end of the 2000s, um, you could get teaching positions and you could get full-time permanent teaching positions in higher education without a PhD. You only needed more or less to be working towards one. And, and that's, what, that's what I was doing. And I moved from an associate lecturer. I was an associate lecturer for a year, I think it was, teaching on anything and everything yeah. uh, just to earn a little bit of money. Um, and then I got a full-time position as a lecturer and I was a lecturer for five years, um, no, sorry, four years at a university um, called um, University of Central Lancashire, um, which has got a reasonable reputation, a good reputation nationally, but I don't think it's, it's known beyond that. Um, and then I, mo- I did move to Leeds Beckett uh, as, a, as a senior lecturer, and I was a senior lecturer for three or four years at Leeds Beckett before moving to, to Edgehill University, which is where I became a reader. Um, and that, I love my time at Leeds Beckett University. It was absolutely brilliant. Some great academics, fantastic scholars there, many of whom are still there today. You know, Andrew Sparks, Annette Stride, Hayley Fitzgerald, Tom Quornby, a lot of the names that a lot of the kind of physical education paternity will, will know. Um, but I moved back to closer to Liverpool, uh, my hometown, just because my wife was having our second child. Um, and it was just much more convenient because, you know, Leeds was quite a commute from where to live. Mm-hmm. And I was, at, I was at Edge Hill for, I think it was about four years. Um, and then the position came up at, at Leeds Beckett. And obviously I had the historical ties with Leeds Beckett. My children are a little bit older now. And given the nature of the profos, professorial role at Leeds Beckett, and obviously given what's happened with COVID and we've developed more flexible ways of, of working. Um, I applied for the position. Was really surprised when I got a um, an interview. Thought I'd go along to the interview and see what happens uh, because it was my first professorial interview. And it's in a school of education. Um, so although my groundings in, in physical education, I suppose it was the focus on on children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities that that kind of appealed to Leeds Beckett School's School of Education. Um, yeah, and I got offered the job, I accepted, and I've been there for, I think it's oh, five or six months now, and okay. really enjoying it. I haven't actually been on campus, so I've been doing the job from home for the last six months. Um, and here we are today, that's me. Yeah, so how do you feel about kind of moving from university to university? Has that been like a smooth transition or do you feel like it's like a really big burden going out for another interview and like moving and how how has that been in your life? I like that I like that question, Risto, because I talk about this with people all the time, but no one ever really asks me about it. Um, I love change. I really do. I love changing institutions. And Leeds probably won't want me saying this, and I'm not sure how it will be received, but I always see myself on cycles, um, you know, on three, four, five-year cycles. And I enjoy new opportunities. I know, I enjoy new challenges. And I, en- I enjoy being the new guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I quite like 
the fact that I feel, and I'm not saying this is the case externally, but I feel like I need to prove myself. Uh, so I, I really like it. I know others don't, uh, but I, I, I really enjoy it. I feel like the new guy at George Mason. I've been here for four years. And people still ask me, where is this building? I'm like, I don't know. I go to these three buildings. <laughs> this is where my office is. And, and two years has been off campus. So I, I think that's, that's really interesting. And it, in your story of how you got to where you're going, I, I relate to it because I was an adjunct professor before. Um, and I also went into an undergraduate degree, enrolled in being a physical education teacher and then realized in my first or second year that I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. And I moved into health science and moved from there into a master's degree in sports psychology, not sociology, but similar in, this, in a way that you're like, well, I think this could add to what I'm doing and I'm interested in it. And then, you know, I've also changed universities well, still every three years. But I, I think I'm sticking around because I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it here. So whoever's listening from George Mason, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but let me, uh, let me ask you this. Um, we've talked about this offline. You publish a lot in adapted physical education. So do you, you use the word disability studies. You use sport disability. You have a background in working in sports. Do you... Do you look at yourself as an adapted physical educator and or a researcher in APE? I'll give you the short and the long answer. The short answer is no, not at all. Um, and this isn't a criticism of APE, but it's just not something I identify with. And I know there's a relatively strong focus in the US in particular on APE, but APE as a profession and an area of research doesn't really exist in the UK. Mm. Um, so as a researcher, I'm a, I'm a researcher in my mind at least, who works with disabled children and young people. And I'm interested in physical education and movement type cultures because I'm interested in embodiment. Um, yeah, so, so over here, it's, kind of, it's, it's just PE. So when I don't recognize APA, a I don't see it as something distinct and separate. And when I first learned about the fact that there was this profession called APE, and this isn't a criticism of the profession, profession I do promise, because this is from an outsider perspective. I, I thought it was amazing. It was brilliant. We had these professionals that were trained especially to support disabled children and young people in physical education. How can't that be a good thing? But the more I've learned about the role in the profession, it's left me with with a few questions because um, one of the things that I'd be concerned about, for example, is role and responsibility in relation to where that position that person will be situated or positioned within school or education context. So, for example, we have PE teachers in mainstream schools, we have teaching assistants in mainstream schools, and I'm not sure where an AP teacher would fit, and I would be concerned that. Potentially, again, I don't know as an outsider, it would let the PE teacher off the hook in some respects, because I would expect all teachers of physical education to be able to provide meaningful and valuable educational experiences for all pupils. So, yeah, I'm just, a, I've become much more cautious about this notion of APE. Yeah. 
And I, and I think that you, you do give the, I think you have the right impression. I, we've had Scott McNamara on, on this uh, podcast before, and we've talked about the, the silos, like why is physical education so distinctly different than adapted physical education in what you study, what you read, why don't physical education scholars read adapted physical education? Because those students are in the same classes as physical education. They just have, you know, different needs. And so I, I think that are, they are very divided here. Um, there is some overlap, but I know that some APE scholars have talked about struggling to publish in non-APE journals for, for their work. And so... Um, that is interesting. I, I, I wanted to kind of start off uh, this, this podcast with your academic journey. And um, so we'll wrap this up here. Next week, we're coming back with Anthony and we're going to talk about more of his research, what he's done. Uh, but we wanted to kind of start off the series with Anthony's academic journey to kind of show that there's a ton of different ways you can get into uh, into this field and you know not all paths are the same and frankly a lot of them are very non-linear um, as, as mine is and as kind of Anthony has talked about where he's where he's gone throughout so um, that's all we got. If you're still listening, you're probably really into health and physical education. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pitch our master's program to you if you don't have your master's degree yet. Um, our 100% online master's degree program we offer at George Mason is affordable. You can do it while teaching, and it's high quality. Um, Mason was listed as one of the top 50 universities under 50 years old in the world. Our education department was ranked in the top 10 nationally for the online master's degree program in curriculum and instruction. The master's degree uh, revolves around your teaching. So you'll use assignments from the classes to immediately apply research and best practices to your classes. You'll be part of a tight-knit cohort of health and physical education professionals who are passionate about teaching. You're also gonna get an opportunity to interact with students in other content areas. So if you're interested, you can email me, look me up on Twitter, or you can go on the hpewebsite.com under study with us and watch a video that I've made.